0: Welcome to Chapter 1 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Joey Sudimir, CIO at Texas Health Resources. In this segment, we discuss the staggered rollout strategy his team has adopted with EPIC, the challenge of managing change when there are multiple big projects underway, and how he has worked to build up a reserve of credibility for the IT department. You've been uh, in your current role since uh, summer of 2015, but with the organization for quite a few years longer, correct? Correct. I just passed nine years in January. Okay. All right. So when you took over the CIO role of all of Texas Health Resources, what would you say were were really the big projects you wanted to look at or or the primary goals you had in mind?
1: Obviously being an internal candidate is a little bit different as to the viewpoint you step into the role with. From my perspective, my goals then and now really are the same, and they're not so much project focused, and that is to just create a service delivery organization within THR that is based on transparency, collaboration, and trust. You know, at the end of the day, what we do in IT is very much like a black box to people who don't do IT. And so ultimately, it's our responsibility to present any new initiatives or spending requirements in the most robust manner possible. But the reality of the situation is many people don't quite fully understand what we do. And so so much of the success in any organization comes down to trust between the leadership and the department and the CIO who's serving in that role. So for me, it's very important to continue to earn that credibility within our organization. And I think just by being collaborative um, and very transparent in everything we do and everywhere we spend our money is really the the foundation for that. And so those will always be my high-level goals for our department and and my time in this role that that aren't specific to any um, project or initiative because those obviously come and go, but fundamentals last forever.
0: Right, that's a good point. And when you think about the, the projects, that's really just a, a way of, of meeting those o- overall goals and, and things that help take the organization there.
1: That's correct. I mean, every, every project or initiative is just another yeah. opportunity for us to prove that we're living to those fundamentals that I mentioned. You know, And it's kind of like life. You're always judged on your latest performance. And so it's, it's important that we don't rest on our laurels over time And continue to view every new project or initiative as an opportunity to to live up to that foundation.
0: Okay. Now, as far as the, uh, the EHR, EPIC is in place in all the hospitals at this point, or how is that working?
1: Yes, partially. We have the clinical portion of EPIC installed at all of our wholly owned hospitals and three of our managed joint venture hospitals. We have the clinical side installed at a about 75% of our physician practices, but we actually have two major projects that are underway right now to accomplish a couple goals. Um, on the inpatient side, we are in the process of migrating to EPICS revenue cycle systems okay. and patient logistics systems. So, for those hospitals that are currently on clinicals, depending on where they fit in the schedule over the next couple years, they will be on. EPIC STEM to Stern. For our, our physician clinics, we are doing the same and rolling out the EPIC practice management suite and billing suite. And then for the remaining 25% or so of clinics that aren't on Epic EHR, we're migrating them to that. So by the end of 2019, which is when all our wholly owned efforts complete on both those projects, our wholly owned hospitals for those three joint ventures and for all of our physician practices, in effect, we will be um, a full deployment of, of Epic both clinicals and financials.
0: Okay. So obviously that, that's something that I imagine just uh, takes up a lot of time and resources, but uh, you can see what the end goal is there.
1: Yes. A very big project. You know, candidly, we, we were very early adopters of Epic. We were one of the first to attest to meaningful use in the country when when the program first started. But what's been ironic is if you view us now, um, most people think of us as a big Epic shop, and we are on the clinical side. But, but the fact that we're just moving to Epic financials, whereas most organizations who've gone to Epic in the last five years have, have done the so-called Big Bang approach,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: we've got a little bit of catching up to do from our Epic deployment.
0: Right. What was behind um, the rationale for doing it this way? Or was it just kind of how how things fell? It was a combination of factors.
1: On the inpatient side, our our current system was acquired and the new vendor is intending to sunset that product, which was really just the catalyst we used for a change. I think organizationally we knew needed to come to support what really the drivers are, and that is as we start thinking about, Consumerism, convenience, population health, um, moving all of that data away from disparate systems, and all the magic we have to do to integrate and pull data out for analytics—we uh, we really needed to, to streamline all of that in order to meet what really is the new paradigm of healthcare and healthcare and consumers in healthcare. So. Um, You know, I would say the acquisition is sort of what pushed us to make the leap, but we've known for quite some time it was a leap we needed to make, and we're just trying to evaluate expending that money along the way versus other priorities in the health system. And so the timing just turned out to be right now.
0: Right. Okay. And with the hospitals that are um, migrating first to the revenue cycle, uh, is this something where you plan to take some of the, the lessons learned there and apply them to other ones?
1: Yes, absolutely. Having done a large clinical deployment starting some 10, 11 years ago, um, we kept those lessons learned around our enterprise-wide implementation. And so we're we're utilizing those same best practices that we found from our clinical deployment. So we have a very conservative early rollout schedule. We are actually taking the first hospital live on the revenue cycle system that we um, took live on our revenue cycle system 20 years ago. They've been a good partner for, for these financial uh, implementations. And then we're, we're definitely going into a settling in period after that first hospital before we move on to our next hospital, which then will be one of our larger flagship institutions. And we're gonna do that one by itself to make sure we give the proper attention to the amount of revenue and patient volume that's flowing through that entity. And then we'll take another pause and reflection time, and we'll start on a little bit more of an aggressive rollout schedule towards the back end of the timeline.
0: Okay, so certainly not a big bang, as <laughs> you said.
1: No, and on the practice management side, it, we've got waves of clinics that are staggered between now and the end of 2018. So the, the clinic side will actually be complete with the revenue cycle system and the remaining EHR migration by the end of next year.
0: Okay. Okay. And and I imagine with those clinics, you're talking a decent variety as far as the the size and and type of clinic they are?
1: Yes, that's correct. So different clinic size, different number of physicians in the clinic, different specialties. It will be the entire gamut of our physician practice portfolio.
0: Okay. Now, As far as data management, I had read about a data center migration, and first off, what what point is that at right now?
1: We are essentially in month two of what is a calendar one-year project. So although we started planning in 2016, execution really began January 1st, and our our goal and expectation is that we'll be about 95% complete with that migration by the end of the year.
0: With something like this, uh, what, what have been um, some of the challenges in just doing this type of project? Well, the first challenge, obviously, is um, resources are finite, both
1: financial and human capital. And so this has been many years in the um, evaluation and discussion stage with our executive leadership as a little bit of background our quote-unquote data centers today basically exist in the basements of our two largest hospitals. Mm -hmm. And so we've known for some time that's not an optimal situation. And as we've just become more dependent upon technology, um, our risk portfolio in those data centers has grown. And so it finally reached the point where as an organization, we decided we needed to make a risk aversion play and move to more robust data centers. So getting over that hump, Collaborating with leadership to ensure the amount of risk matched the value of commitment we had to make financially as an organization uh, was probably one of the first hurdles. Within the execution this year, I think the, the biggest two hurdles are planning appropriately and really just managing all the pieces of the puzzle and the timing, especially amidst everything else we have going on. I mean, just in the three projects we've talked about, that's a great deal of of organizational change happening at one time. And so the data center execution and the timing of each move and really hitting that 95% completion goal this year is really critical to the ongoing success of of the other projects I mentioned, plus others
0: we haven't talked about. Right. As far as, as pushing it forward, but was it tough to, to, to uh, justify it and kind of push it through to that final level? No. Um, our organization
1: um, has always been very supportive of IT, and I think our responsibility kind of along that multi-year setup journey has been determining how best to quantify the risk. It's difficult to help people to understand sort of the the potential risk of what if, mm-hmm. and we've got probably one of the best chief information security officers in in the industry. And he's he's very adept at quantifying risk and playing out some game theory type scenarios, which is ultimately what we did this year. And we really made it a non-emotional decision for both us and our leadership. We basically described, here's the situation. Here's a simulation if we had a single data center loss. Here's a simulation if we had a dual data center loss. Here's what insurance would cover. Here's what we would be on the hook for financially, and then it just became a cost benefit analysis. And so, I'm um, incredibly grateful for the support Texas Health Resources non IT executives have always given IT, um, and I think this multi year journey of building up to determining the right timing and when that risk level surpasses the cost, um, it's just been an, it's been an enjoyable journey.
0: Right, and and it goes along with uh, what you were talking about as far as uh, transparency and uh, a lot of communication.
1: I would agree. I'm not really inclined to chase things just to create work for IT or because industry trends say you should do something. Um, and so hopefully what that's done over time, even prior to me being in this role, is build up the credibility that when we approach our leadership about any type of initiative, um, the credibility exists that we're bringing that based on our real need. And and ultimately, I try very hard to make things non-emotional, certainly not personal, so that any decision becomes, you know, these are the positives and outcomes of option A, and these are the positives and outcomes of option B, and we just need to weigh that against every other thing we need to do to advance our organization.